0: You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. What's up, everybody? Doing another podcast here in the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. What are we talking about today? We're talking about the eviction moratoriums. These things have got to stop. You have got to rip off the band-aid at some point in time. And just admit, okay, so the moratoriums at the beginning of the pandemic, yeah, we probably shouldn't have gone quite as hard with those and we shouldn't have extended these out as far as we have because you are messing with the free market. And now you've got people, you've got tenants taking advantage of this. We keep hearing story after story after story. First one I'm going to read today is California couple buys a home, pay cash, do a hard money loan can't get the seller out because the seller becomes a tenant under California law. Guess what? Tenants have way more rights than anybody else. Second story we're going to read, per a Washington State property manager, you're going to see fewer and fewer rental homes in the pool because- People don't want to rent out homes with these eviction moratoriums going on because they can't get bad tenants out if tenants are doing stuff. All right. That's what we're working on today. If you're new here, my name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies and I read the news that you want to hear. Let's get into it. All right. First article is a Fox Business article. Fox, Fox Business. They have good stuff. Um, but thank you to the person who sent this to me. I'm always unless you want your name announced. I don't do that. Because it's a crazy time and nobody really wants to get in trouble on social media. Are you conservative? Do you have reasonable opinions? Oh, you're not my friend anymore. So we just don't do that here. We kind of keep everything on the down low. And um, we talk about stuff that we want to talk about. So California buys a couple uh, buys a California dream home, but seller refuses to move out in eviction moratorium loophole. Lots of the, it, it, a lot of these aren't even loopholes. It's just, yeah, if you're in Washington or California or one of these other states, it's a no go. You, you're you got a bad tenant in there. You're going to have to do something next to, who knows what to get people out. And even if the if, if you've got a tenant who fits the letter of the law trying to get a court date and all that good stuff. That's not happening right now. So this nonsense has got to end. Um, And I don't want to throw a ton of people out on the streets. But at some point in time, you got to go back to the real market, which is you signed a contract, landlords still got to pay all their expenses. So tenants, you're going to have to work something out, you're gonna have to figure it out, we got to move on with the market. Tracy and Miles Albert experienced a nightmare after they put down money on a beautiful four-bedroom home in Riverside on January 31st, 2020. More than a year later, the couple is still fighting to move into their home. The previous owner wanted to sell immediately, but has since refused to leave the home. Doesn't really say why. This story wasn't fleshed out a great deal, and I couldn't figure out a bunch of details, but... um, the story, it's its a pretty common story. You've, you've got an occupancy issue. And when, even if you have a, a set of squatters in a home, in a lot of instances, oh, we can't do anything. We've got the mandate. We've got the moratorium mandate. You can't do anything. It's just draining emotionally and financially, Tracy said. Chris Taylor, the real estate agent who handled the sale, said the owner needed just over half a million dollars demanding it on a Sunday, which meant he needed a cash buyer. And sometimes you will have instances like this where somebody's like, I need cash right now. Usually there's a reason you need cash. It's like you're going out of the country, you're doing something um you know, you. who knows? People need cash for a million different reasons. They sell their home. But getting a cash buyer in residential real estate, I mean, it's not uncommon. And with as, uh, with as many foreign investors we have coming in from the outside and scooping up properties, it's not that uncommon to have a cash buyer. But to say that you only want a cash buyer, ah, that's, that leaves a little to say, hmm, what's going on there? It took us scrambling to get everything we had our life savings put together and a hard money loan on top of it to make that happen. Miles said, "When we we own the house outright, that's our house, and it's all in a contract written, legal, and done. So they closed on this thing. So hard money loan, if you're not familiar with that, it's it's a higher interest rate than you'd normally find on a typical mortgage. It's from a private lender, so your loan is not going to be sold. These people, they own your loan, and uh, they're going to service it. You've got a bunch of points that you got to pay typically. They are – you got to prove that you are an investor typically or that you you have the financial means – to get this loan and go down the hard money route. And you usually only take out a hard money loan when you want to operate very quickly, whereas the normal mortgage process is so backed up right now with typical secondary lenders that it takes a long time to get a loan through, get a loan approved, underwritten approved, and all that good stuff. And so if people need something done quick, if they want to take advantage of an opportunity, go to a hard money lender. Is it as bad as Guido the Killer Pimp? Uh, no, it's not. But it—you um, know—you're going to pay. You're going to pay for the loan, but you're paying for the ability to get quick financing, whereas if you go to a conventional bank or a conventional residential lender, it's going to take some time. But in, you know in those instances, oftentimes you'll get a better rate, more reasonable. So these guys went out and they, they took whatever money they had and they put it towards the house and then they got a hard money loan for the difference. So they have been paying pretty high interest rate unless they've gotten out of this hard money loan, been paying a pretty high interest rate on a house that they are not able to occupy. And what you usually do is you take the take the house down. So you buy the home, and then you refinance it. Once you've got possession, and you've got your money into it, then you refinance the home and you cash out the hard money lender, you get a typical mortgage. Um, and it, it, not really sure what's happening in this case. But the bottom line is, is they can't get the seller out Because in California, you can't get somebody out of a house if they don't want to get out, if they don't want to leave. With the uh, the eviction moratoriums in California, it is not a pretty sight. Same thing here in Seattle. You either have to prove that you are moving as the owner, you're moving back into the home, which is difficult to do for a lot of folks, uh, especially if you live out of state. That kind of thing, or. You have to prove that the tenant is a is there's a safety issue. Basically, they're doing something in the unit that um, causes a safety issue. And it's a hazard for either the tenants in the other units surrounding it, or whatever, you got to be able to prove it and good luck doing that court system is so backed up with all this kind of stuff right now that uh, eviction moratorium cases, those they're not going well, and they're not going well for the landlords. He's been paid the money in his account. Talking about the seller, so the buyer, who's the current owner, paid the guy, paid the seller. How could we have no rights to go into our home? That is the question of the hour. So we've got these, we've got these eviction moratoriums, um, which at the onset, everybody just pulled the trigger. Oh yeah, I mean, we had CDC, we had state, we had city, we've got all kinds of entities going. Yeah, protect the tenants, but. You got nothing for the landlords, nothing for the landlords and the homeowner in this case can't get, can't get the bad tenant out. Right? So now you've basically got a squatter situation because I bet you they didn't even have a, uh, a rental agreement written up. So you've got a squatter, you got the old seller in there and guess what? These, these people are being told, yep, you can't really do anything. Efforts to enlist the authorities met with frustration as the COVID rules prevented them from forcibly removing the previous owner. That is every buyer's nightmare is that somebody doesn't get out. And we've got a lot of situations going on right now on the summit side of things on my real estate brokerage where... People are really skittish about occupancy right now because if you do, if you buy a home and you let the, you know, sometimes you'll do like an extra couple of days possession for the seller. Seller has the right to stay there or move their stuff out, whatever. You just, you know, you give them a little bit of time to get their stuff out, take care of last minute stuff once the home is closed. People are really skittish right now because that can turn into, as you're seeing in this case, that can turn into a year they can turn into a forever uh, deal. And that's not really what the eviction moratoriums were were developed for. I mean, what they're in place for. They're in place for trying to keep tenants not becoming homeless. Um, but then you've got a lot of people taking advantage of that too. And I haven't heard as many situations as I thought I probably would. But you, you've got You got to address this because it's such a one-sided deal. It's tenants only, because the 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 owner of the property, they've got bills that are still ongoing. We basically got no relief for homeowners. You got no relief. People talk about well, they can get a they can get a a mortgage forbearance, okay, but that's just the mortgage. Talk about that for a second. That's just the mortgage. You've got taxes. You've got insurance you have got maintenance, you've, you might have property management fees, all of those are ongoing. Those are all ongoing. And so it, it's, it's nice and hunky dory that the tenants, oh, they're, they're taken care of. If you can kind of prove that you've been impacted by the COVID, or not even prove you can pretty much stay in a property for as long as you want. And it's just a cat and mouse game to see how long it's going to take for you to get kicked out. So they have this case under a COVID tenant situation of no evictions when it doesn't fall under that at all, because there wasn't a lease. But when you've got occupancy issues, ah, falls underneath the COVID eviction moratorium, right? So this transaction went through in January 2020, before any of that. It isn't a renter who was getting thrown out. It's the guy who collected all of this money, meaning the seller collected all the money from the buyers. And now the buyers are just stuck. The frustrated husband says that when he contacted law enforcement, they told him, if you were in Arizona, if you were in Nevada, this wouldn't be a problem. You would just go take your house back. But in California... Like our hands are tied. This is what the police officer is saying. Even though we're on your side, there is nothing we can do. So I've talked to multiple homeowners and property managers who have said this is a nightmare. Because if a tenant gets into a property, you basically can't get them out. I mean, yes, there are a few things you can do, um, but th- the, the situation under which you can actually get people out, and if you have to you know, involve evictions, that's basically, if you have to legally throw somebody out, basically not happening right now. So what we're seeing is very few people buying properties to be put to use as rental properties. You are seeing landlords selling their properties. We're going to talk about that here in a second. Um, because you've ha- you've also had a massive run up in price, home prices, right? So the other major thing that we've had throughout the pandemic is if you got homeowners who are like, man, these eviction- I've got a good tenant in my property, but that lease is coming due and my tenant's going to move on. Do I really want to keep this property? And the answer for a lot of homeowners, for a lot of um, landlords is, hey, I've had a big run up in equity. We've had some of the most massive appreciation we've ever seen. I mean, the market is just, it's on fire. And so homeowners who maybe a year ago, maybe two years ago, were looking at their numbers going, yeah, I'll hold it another couple of years. Guess what? That time has come where they are considering selling. And so you're going to have fewer and fewer properties in the rental pool. That is what's going on. So these eviction moratoriums are directly going to impact the number of properties in the rental pool. So who gets impacted in the end? That's right, the tenants. So Let's read the second one. Washington property manager says many are choosing to sell due to eviction moratorium. And I can't really blame them, especially if like you're in Seattle where you've got just these ridiculous rules. Seattle, the city council is proposing that every tenant who is faced with eviction gets access to an attorney that is paid for by the city. That is literally legislation that we're talking about. And I and I understand what what the, the concept there is, but what about an attorney for the landlord? What about an attorney for the property owner? How about that? How about we how about we look at that? It's just, this thing is so one-sided and it drives me crazy. But I'm a real estate guy and I think I think when you sign a contract You should honor it. Hey, you lost your job due to COVID. Yeah, so did a lot of other people. You got to figure it out. You can't have the government basically covering everything for you. At some point in time, you're going to have to man up, figure it out, work with your landlord and get back either on the payments or move the heck out and move on. And I know that there's so many clickbait articles out there on um, millions and millions are going to hit the streets. I don't see that happening. I don't think that's going to happen. But you're right. Some people who haven't been paying rent, who probably could have been, been paying rent, they are going to get evicted. And all these eviction moratoriums, all you're doing right now at this point in time, in, in uh later portion of March, is you are extending the inevitable, which is a bunch of people are going to get kicked out. That's what happens when you sign a contract and you can't pay whether the government closed down the business you were working for or not. Super unfortunate scenario, but this is some of the aftermath of decisions we made a year ago in certain states where you've got these moratoriums um, going on. And you had a federal moratorium in there as well. And nobody seemed to pay attention to what this would do to the marketplace. And like, ah, yeah, I mean, we're just going to cover the tenants forever. That's what it kind of feels like. With Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin's decision to extend the eviction moratorium through June 30th, and it'll be extended out further past that, and with the statewide moratorium extended as well, there is even more concern from landlords who are finding themselves in difficult positions. I can't recommend to people to be buying rental property in Seattle right now i mean honestly if if I do that, I have to tell people all right, if you want to buy a property and rent it out in Seattle, here are currently the uh moratoriums you are faced with you know city, state, federal i mean if you get a if you get one tenant in there that goes sideways on you, good luck with that your host that, that's that's literally what you're going to say is your host. So Heather Maggio, property manager with REMAX, whose area includes King and Pierce counties, says the issues are constantly piling up and there are some serious implications. So the state, as well as the city, have limited basically almost all of our options. At this point, we are unable in any capacity, under really any circumstances, unless there is harm being done to another tenant or to the property itself, we are not able to serve any notices. So serving notice is the first kind of step in the eviction process. It's when somebody doesn't uh, pay, you do 14 day notice. Mm, that is a not a happening right now. So traditionally, you don't receive rent, you do. Uh, so traditionally, if you don't get your rent, you do a 14 day pay or vacate. So you either pay up or get out or and that leads to cops coming in and helping us with the eviction as you progress she explained we're not able to serve any notices of any kind it and the thing this thing is so one sided it's just incredible it's like what since how how does that how does this even how does this even come about well, we live in Washington. We live in California. These are the laws. This is what's going down. Maggio believes the eviction moratorium, as it's written, contains such broad language that it completely limits landlords in dealing with problematic tenants. And that's what we're hearing a lot about: is that that the language is it's it's so wide that just about any tenant, if they say, "Oh, I was, I was, I was, I was impacted," I was impacted, even though you know, darn well, they're not like I've heard of situations where tenant who was uh, what was the deal? Oh, software engineer for Amazon, just stopped paying rent at the beginning of the moratorium because they realized, hey, I don't really need to pay. Now, these are unscrupulous tenants, and the majority of tenants have been paying. And um, I'm actually surprised I haven't heard more stories in the real estate industry of people not paying. But it's kind of like, you know, nine out of 10 people in whatever situation are good, but there's always that one bad apple. There's that one 10%. Maybe it's maybe it's just a couple of percent with these um, tenants. but um, And I understand there are some cir- circumstances where people just have lost their jobs. They're not going to get them back. Their businesses aren't coming back that employed them. And there's going to have to be a day of reck- reckoning at some point in time. And that's what I'm kind of, kind of, You know, continually saying is that you got to rip the bandaid off at some point in time and get back to normal. You can't just keep extending these moratoriums out. And yet that does seem to be that's kind of what we're doing. But at some point in time, you got to make these changes and go back to normal, whatever that that might be. Because I think a lot of this stuff will change moving forward. And probably not for the better, right? So we're talking, uh, going back to the article here, they state it's when the tenant is not able to pay us due to COVID. The problem with that is that it's such an overreaching, broad description right now. We're just not able to do anything. We are able to have regular communication and the state deems that as well as the city as, hey, I just want to let you know that the rent is due. We can serve those kind of basic notices, she said, but you can't evict anybody. Hey, you haven't paid in a year. You got to get out, Right. Past that, we're not able to go and have conversations. We're not able to really do much of anything. And that is the frustrating thing for landlords right now. Even just beyond basic conversation, you're not going to have those talks. And anything even remotely looking like, hey, you haven't paid. We need to get you out of here. You need to start figuring things out. That is a no-go. No go. Not happening. Not happening in 2020 and this far in 2021, right? So how much strain is that putting on them right now? Well, the problem is landlords still have to pay their mortgages. This is what I've been saying all along, right? I mean, this is not brain surgery here. Landlords still have to pay their mortgages. They still have their expenses and they got a lot of them because properties take a lot of money to hold together. They still have their association dues if you're renting out a condo. Those are still due and taxes are still due. Management fees are still due. You get a crack in the chimney, it starts leaking in. You got to fix it. Guess what? You don't have any rent. You've chewed through your reserves, your reserves for repairs because you've got a tenant in there that hasn't paid for a year. You got you got a cash flow issue and yet there's no there's – no, um, real support for this situation for landlords. And so landlords are just feeling the burden in such a way that a lot of landlords are choosing to sell their homes and not be landlords any longer. And I can't really blame them. And it's not like they're not getting top dollar. They get, they are getting absolute, anybody selling a home right now is getting absolutely top dollar. I was reading a story about the Dallas real estate market yesterday something like 57 offers on one property, it's getting bad. Here in Washington, in in Seattle specifically, we've been dealing with multiple offers for years and years. That's nothing new. But the amount of demand for properties, because interest rates are low, and now we've had interest rates bump up a little bit, hovering around 3%, but they're still historically really low. And we just have no inventory. So everybody is honing in on the same same piece of pie right now. And there's very tiny little slivers of pie, as in listings that hit the market. And when they do come on, usually you've got a week uh, before the offer review period, which is when the seller sits down with their broker, and they look at all the offers and go, we'll take that one, not only is it the highest one, but it's got the best terms, they're not doing a building inspection, they waive their financing contingency, they gave us $50,000 earnest money made payable directly to the seller, non-refundable. Those are the kind of terms that are winning uh, deals right now. And a lot of times they're cash offers or big down payments because those are the deals that have the highest likelihood of closing. They're not going to go sideways. Three and a half percent down FHA purchases, you know, first time home buyers very difficult time in this market, very difficult time, it's not happening. Because basically, you're competing against anybody who has a little bit more money, they're going to have a better chance of getting that offer uh, received by the seller than you are, if you're a a first time home buyer. So it's a very hard time for a lot of first time home buyers and people without a lot of cash to, to put down. That is just that's been the reality during this whole COVID thing, it's been crazy. It's like, you would think that the market would just tank, but it's actually gone the other way because interest rates have dropped. And people have a lot of time on their hands. They're sitting at home already going, I need a bigger home. I need a bigger home. I need a bigger home. So they get on Redfin, they get on Zillow, and they start looking around and then they get in their head, oh, we need to move, we got to go. So they sell their home and they move on to the next one. And there's just a ton of activity has happened. A lot of rotation of housing. So back to the article here. So it's starting to put this really thin margin on what we have available for rentals, which as we age out of this, meaning get through the whole coronavirus thing, we're going to have less and less rentals, and it's going to raise prices for the tenants. So the city is trying to help tenants, but in the end, it's not helping at all. And- that's kind of the way I see it as well. You're going to have the opposite effect. You're going to have a, you're going to have a ton of properties taken out of the rental pool because people don't want to deal with. Well, what if I get a tenant in there who claims that they can't pay? What if I what if I roll the dice and I get that one tenant? I'm hosed. I don't have the financial means to do this. So, and and the majority of a lot of single family rental properties, they are mom and pop operations. And I don't say that in a bad way. I'm just saying it's it's people, reasonable people that have worked really hard to get that down payment, they own one or two properties, they don't want to have 10 properties, because then you become basically a professional landlord. And that's what you do. A couple of properties, you can build up some amazing equity. Without a ton of work, you're still going to have to hold the property together. And depending on the age of the property, even a newer property, it still needs a lot of maintenance. It's like a car, right? If you don't maintain it, it's going to go sideways on you. It's going to break down. You're going to have to pay the piper at some point in time, whether that's doing a bunch of repairs or discounting the property when you sell it. So a lot of the the appraisals I've done over the years and the appraisals that Reynolds and Klein Appraisal has done on single family rentals, or maybe condo rentals, or two to four unit properties, which is duplex, triplex and fourplex. Those all count as residential, non commercial. A lot of those, those are owned by mom and pop, husband and wives, single investors, you name it, whatever. But and it's not like those people are just sitting on enormous piles of cash. No, they're trying to build equity. They're trying to build something for their future. And then along comes the coronavirus and a tenant who says, yeah, I I don't need to pay. I can just hang out here. And guess what? I can see the writing on the wall. I'm not going to get evicted. I'm just going to hang out and see what's going on. But guaranteed, guaranteed when these evictions start to get lifted and they can no longer justify in any way keeping these eviction moratoriums in place there you are going to see story after story after story about some poor tenant didn't pay his rent got booted out on the street now is homeless you're going to see those those stories are going to come up it's just it's guaranteed don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out